Hey, this is Rhiannon Archer, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on the Global News Radio Network, 640 Toronto, MP4, KW8, 905-827-6428. Did I even say it right? Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back, Canada. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And tonight, we've talked about black sheep comedy, getting behind the scenes of one of the one of the best independent comedy showcases happening right now in Toronto and all over the GTA. We've had Darcia and Kathy in studio with us. Thank you so much. Uh, and speaking of, so we've gotten into a little bit about why this, why these shows started, what your goal was, both as stand-ups yourselves, but also just comedy purists, comedy fans, and just trying to... I've never said such a thing on the air before, but pay comedians money to do, <laughs> say jokes? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And people go on purpose to watch these jokes <laughs> yeah, be said on for money? It's shocking. What type right of now. beer is money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darcia once got paid in fish and chips. I so. did. Yeah. That was a good night. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that happens uh, a lot. Yeah. But less so now, apparently. So, uh, you guys are you're returning this September mm-hmm. for your next run of shows. So, where are you guys coming back with when uh, when we come back from summer break here? So, we have five shows this coming September. Uh, we have uh, Rorschach Brewery, which is in Leslieville. We have Arch Brewery in Newmarket. Uh, we have the 120 Diner Show, which is a show for new comics nice, uh, yeah. and experienced comics. Uh, that's on Church Street. Junction Brewery, obviously in the Junction. And Brunswick Bearworks in East York. So you can check those out on blacksheepstandupcomedy.com and you can find the ticket links and information there. Beautiful. Go and check out those shows. Check out blacksheepstandupcomedy.com. And Blaine, what's happening with metal comedy? What's this new series? Where can people watch your stuff, man? So the new series, Shredders of Metal, uh, we just finished airing all seven episodes. That's uh, youtube.com slash banger TV. Uh, banger TV, just Google that and anything will come up. And if that's too hard, just plug metal comedy into anywhere with a search bar and I'm pretty much on everything. Nice. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you, whatever. Um, and a cool thing uh, I'm doing with some other comics, um, uh, Anna Maria Stoichik is putting on a 24-hour comedy live stream on Twitch, you know, nice. for the kids getting in there, uh, <laughs> you know, the the new emerging markets and uh, I'm programming an hour of that from uh, 5 to 6 p.m. on uh, August 31st. So you want to see a, a new... Uh, style of whatever presenting comedy come check out a weird comedy live stream fantastic so check out black sheep comedy check out metal comedy and of course go and see these canadian stand-ups live there's so much out there that's why we're on the air and of course we're back next week and you can listen to all of our episodes online on global news radio thank you again and we'll talk to you next week and now for this week's comedy listings and of course don't miss our next inside jokes live happening tuesday august 27th at fired up in port credit and comedians stand up to stigma it's happening in honor of suicide prevention week with headliner simon rakoff to support distress centers gta kicking off thursday september 12th at the royal cinema right here in toronto hi this is alicia carusi And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week, featuring Darcia Armstrong. Oh my gosh, guys. Uh, First of all, I just want to apologize if I'm slurring my words a little. I'm not drunk. I mean, I am, but that's not (laughs) it. I just just got braces. 
And having braces as an adult is awesome because now even complete strangers know that my parents didn't love me enough. <laughs> yeah, it's not my mom's fault though. She was super young when she had me and uh, this might be really shocking for you guys, but having a kid at 15 and then dropping out of school to raise her can seriously limit your friend circle. <laughs> so now my mom kind of has the social skills of a beta fish with an anxiety disorder. <laughs> and uh, you know it was cool when I was growing up like I loved being the center of her world but when I got older I was like mom you know I'm 18 now I'm out of the house like you need to go make a friend. <laughs> like, it's it's not normal that your only child is your only friend. <laughs> and I could tell that she took me seriously, because a couple weeks later she told me she was pregnant. <laughs> Hi, my name's Aaron Berg, and you're so lucky to be listening to me on Inside Jokes on 640. You should learn when to go. You should learn how to say no! Oh yeah, it's all metal here. <laughs> on Inside Jokes, welcome back. Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I like, I like picturing our listeners just like coming back from the cottage or something tonight. And they're coming, tuning into this. And they're like, what happened to our nice news talk station? <laughs> it's like, ah, ah, ah. Brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. I'm going to try and metal that. <laughs> Then I just had a stroke. Your eyes can't have it all on a key optical. Oh, nice. And I can't talk for the rest of the show. <laughs> and I'm almost 40, so I almost blacked out just now. Uh, speaking of, we have Black Sheep Comedy in studio. Professional segues. Professional yeah. segues. Come impressive. on, baby. That's 14 years of radio right there coming at you. <laughs> and Blaine Smith, of course, metal comedy. Uh, we were talking before the break about, well, actually, you were talking, Blaine, about what you're doing, what projects you're doing with metal comedy and getting yeah. these shredders to come out. And these might be quiet people who are like quiet prodigies leaving their basements and actually getting them to sort of talk on stage and stuff like that. For you, when you're hosting this stuff, by the way, is that how much of a different animal is that from you as a stand up? When you're Blaine the stand up going out and doing clubs and road gigs and all that stuff, is this a different thing when you're doing these projects? Honestly, the nice thing is you kind of just get to click back into that it's you know it becomes a little bit like just doing crowd work there's a there's a, a we had a nice little funny exchange uh, with one of the guys again just a really nice guy very good at guitar very <laughs> presenting a very professional image yeah. but you know it's these two guys you know the 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 concept of the show this season is just two guitar players going head to head shredding off at each other like a you know uh, a dual style. So I'm trying to, you know, manufacture some drama for for entertainment, and I'm like trying to get these guys to, you know, say some mean things about each other. And of course, none of them will. All yeah, them yeah. Delightful people. And uh, and you know, I'm uh, I, I'm asking this guy, uh, Nick, and I'm like, all right. So what are you gonna bring me in this next round? What are you gonna hit this guy with? And he's like, get ready for some music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I write, all right, you heard him. Next round. Adam, you better be ready for music. <laughs> and one thing you touched on actually before the break that I love is we were talking about how comics, uh, you know, you need to find space to actually live life and take in other people's comedy and take in just other art forms. I think it enriches your own stand-up and just probably keeps you more balanced as a person because we do live in a city where there's ample stage time. You can, and I remember this myself when I first moved here, you know, this is a decade ago now, but you could go to and do like five, six mics 
any night of the week at that yeah. point, you know, and you can run all over the place. But one thing I always hated early on was the set counters. Yes. So, you know, the comics who come up to you at every show and be like, I've done 25 sets this week, bro. It's like, great. But did you watch anybody else? Did you die and bomb at all? <laughs> did you <laughs> did you go just drop your stage shot, not even know the name of the host, and then leave because you got to go to yeah. the number seven that night? You know, like, how much of this were you actually taking in? Was it about growth as a comic, or was it just so that you could have these, like, crossed off numbers in your notebook, you know? Yeah. And I think for you guys, for Black Sheep Comedy, I also wanted to touch on... You so far you've had pretty good luck with audiences. Yeah, so yeah. far we've been very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, yeah, the the biggest issue we had was uh, we have is is people who don't want to leave at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sign, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one woman who came into the green room, she wouldn't leave the green room at the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And are they there to talk to you about the show that they just watched? Yes. See, that's yep. essential. Mm -hmm. If you get somebody lingering around at the end of the night, not just to go, have you ever met Russell Peters? <laughs> then, you, then you know that they were paying attention to your show. Right. And how about for you guys? I mean, in the comedy community, because there is such a massive community here and there's some people that there's new people turning up every day, but there mm -hmm. is also Toronto is the place where comics come from all over Canada because this is where the things are. This is where the auditions are and the, you know, writers rooms are and stuff like that. You kind of have to live here and leave the city sometimes to make money. But this is the launch pad and this is where people make their lives for you guys. What's the response been from the actual comedy scene so far to what you're doing? We're thrilled. We it was beyond our expectations. Yeah. Like we're just we're amazed at how much support we've been getting from the comedy community and uh, people. The feedback that we've been getting from com comedians that they love doing our shows. I mean, we put a lot of effort into making the comedians happy. In in addition to making sure everyone on the lineup gets paid, yeah, we make sure that they have their own separate space at every brewery. They we make sure that they get fed and they have drinks, and we make it very clear with the breweries that. Uh, our goal is that everyone leaves happy. So comedians do not wait until the end of the line to get a drink until after paying customers get their drink. You know, they're a customer just like everybody else. Um, so we've we put a lot of effort into that and we've yeah. been we treat our comics pretty well. And we've been told that that it's working, that they're really happy being on our shows. Totally. So, I mean yeah. I think that that goes a long way because I mean this you know, stand up and especially in Canada is a world where, you know, you're going after sort of a limited pool of stuff. So mm -hmm. when in independent shows like yours come along and you know they're paying decently and there's good crowds yeah. packing in it goes a long way i mean i think the sort of unwritten rule of thumb is always you know you take care of the comics comics you don't get paid until the comics get paid it's pretty like much you, pay what right. you, owe, you know and sometimes yeah. you take a bath on your own shows because that's just part of it's producing yeah. you know that's just part of what it is that did happen yeah. once Yes, yeah, just <laughs> Only once. once? Just oh once. My God. Just once. Uh, but no, we actually, one of our most successful shows, they, they had a bartender in there and uh, he was he was not too polite to a couple of the comedians. And we we had to uh, we had to tell that, that venue that we were going to pull the show if that wow. happened again. Uh, yeah, and yeah. luckily it, it didn't. We, we received an apology and the comedians were treated extra amazing the next time. So... That worked out. That helps to attract yeah. good talent, too. So Wow. Where were you guys in 2010? That's <laughs> but I at the like, same <laughs> time, we do the same for the venue. We put yeah. a lot of work into making sure that the venue makes maximum profits. Yeah. Uh, we tip out the bartenders at the end of the night ourselves out of our own pockets. Like We put a lot of effort into making sure everyone wins at the show. Yeah. Wow. I hope that's the future of independent stand-up. <laughs> 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 Me and Plain are both just like, wow, that sounds... 
That sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Where was that this whole time? We'll come back with our panel with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name is Simon Fraser, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. It is Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course coast to coast and just worldwide (laughs) on Global News. Tonight we're talking metal comedy and black sheep comedy. It's very very aggressive sound. Very aggressive. Silver chair come back from the break. I love it. You know? I haven't heard that song in forever. Right? Since the 90s. The 90s are back in studio tonight. Metal and Black Sheep, that's what we're talking tonight. So we're talking, well, first off, uh, so we have Blaine Smith in studio with us, come back from the break. We, we got into a little bit earlier in the show what exactly, you know, metal comedy kind of fuses your loves, your worlds of stand-up and metal and metal fandom into one thing. What is this show exactly for right, our listeners? Well, What's well, going have, on here? Well, we do a lot of shows. The one we just finished is a, is a fun little thing. This is our second year doing it, second season. It's called Shredders of Metal 2. Basically, yep. uh, the idea is it's, you know, uh, American Idol style thing, but instead of people singing, it's just dudes, you know, just totally wailing, going ham on guitar. And uh, we've got some, uh, so I host it, you know, yep. uh, kind of uh, try and you know, because a lot of times you don't realize people that are musicians, they might be amazing at guitar, but they might have never spoken to an audience before. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, they got their head down, they're they're wailing away. Um, so I'm there to try and kind of tease some fun nuggets out of them, get them relaxed, because the thing that stresses a lot of people out is then we have... Uh, a, a judges panel of some very accomplished metal musicians. Uh, Alex Golnick of the band Testament, uh, which has been, been around for years. You know, one of the bands that came up at the same time as Metallica, Megadeth, yeah. all those big bands. Um, this guy, Ben Weinman uh, from Dillinger Escape Plan, another very big band that, uh, that these guys, you know, these are guys that caused these players to pick up a guitar and want to start yeah. and then suddenly we're surprising them being like hey guess who you're playing in front of <laughs> and they're like oh my god <laughs> so so it's a fun show because we uh you know uh, earlier you touched on wrestling and wrestlers coming into comedy and doing comedy yeah yeah i think a thing that a lot of comedians miss out on is comedy is a skill it does make things better so go out instead of having everyone just come into our world go into other people's worlds bring totally. your comedy in the other world so by bringing a little bit of comedy into this you know what could be you know uh, a very technical thing with people dueling guitars and if you're not some you know guitar aficionado you're like oh I don't know what's happening you inject a little bit of comedy you know I'm hosting I'm having jokes I'm trying to get these guys to to go at each other's throats but they're yeah. all very nice people that are very happy to be there uh, and you know the judge Judges cracking some jokes. It makes it so it's a thing that anyone can watch. Um, we have a bunch of shows on there that I, that I do. You know, we have something called Overkill Reviews, where I review metal albums. Um, and again, it's a thing where I've had messages from people saying, "Hey, you know, I always watch because you know I want to know what if this metal album's good." But then my boyfriend, my wife, my kid watches because they think it's funny. They have no idea yeah. what you're talking about, but the jokes are making them watch this thing. So you know, you can kind of really. 
go out there and everybody at least knows about something. You know what I mean? So take your passion for comedy into something else you're passionate about because if you just crack a couple of jokes, it really sets you apart from someone just dryly being like, well, the... <laughs> Arcapeggio in this in this bar the 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 the, the down tuning on this riff really uh, you know and you're just like oh my god this is so boring <laughs> well and I think it's a good point too that you know as a comic because it is such a time eater it is such a lifestyle thing to really when you're really going at stand up full like whole hog to, it's important to remember to actually like strike some sort of a balance in your life you know because when you're and for you guys too for black sheep like when you're producing shows it is so important to just step outside of that comedy brain sometimes yeah you know and actually live life a bit go see some other art go experience something else because all of that's going to come back into what you're doing it's like if if you just do the same thing every day in your life that's really the only material you're going to generate in the first place right i mean a lot of comics you know they they prioritize oh i gotta do so many sets i gotta do 30 sets a month i gotta do 40 sets a month and not realizing that you know watching comedy just going out and watching a show with with amazing comics that are better than you is going to help you be a better totally. comic. Going out and going yeah. to a concert and something funny happens at the concert and it causes you to write a joke. Life yeah. helps make you a better comic. Could you imagine if someone was like a cabinet maker and they were like, I'm not looking at any other pe- person's cabinets. I'm looking at yeah. my own cabinets. <laughs> I'm not reading about cabinets. I'm sitting here and I'm going to make terrible cabinets yeah. over and over again couch. and then magically eventually these cabinets will be great. Yeah, couch. I don't even own a couch. It's No, it's cabinets. That's it. I don't even want to know about other pieces of furniture. It's so true. You just touched on something that I wanted to really riff on a little bit uh, when we come back. And even for you guys too, for Black Sheep, just some of the audience interactions that you guys have had so far in the show. Because I'm sure, you know, it's not, you guys have a good following building so far, but there is always some sort of awkwardness that you have to deal with at some point. You guys are kind of lighting up right now, like, yeah, we remember something. Uh, So we're going to come back with this panel with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Ali Hassan, and uh, you really can have it all if you're listening. Inside jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Can we blend blend commercialization and IDs? Can they, yeah? Oh yeah, welcome back Canada. You're tuned into Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and tonight we're talking black sheep comedy with Darcia and Kathy, which by the way what went in? Why? Why the name Black Sheep? Did you guys see yourselves as that? You're, 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 because you guys were doing stand up yourselves before you decided to produce right. this show. Yes. We got into it a little bit before the break. You guys had some maybe not your favorite sets one night and <laughs> cracked open the wine and thought, screw it, we're gonna build our own thing now. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do it. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, you know, Kathy and I are never gonna be one of the cool kids. So yeah, we kind of <laughs> felt like we would we would make our own thing and in, invite all the other non cool kids to exactly. join. So. Yeah, but I mean, if you. Uh, like we were talking about before the break, in a city that is so arguably oversaturated with shows mm-hmm. that come and go and, you know, wide range of some of them are great independent shows that take off and some of them are random mics that just come and, you know, live and die. I think for you guys producing a series of shows like this that have already found an audience and it seems to just keep growing. I mean, 
there's something to say for that. That's an art in itself. We're Booking and producing a, a successful show in a city like this, it's it's not easy to get people out to those and keep it building. Well, Darcy is a marketing genius, so we'll start there. I'm okay. That, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> right. For sure. That's also a bit what makes you black sheep in the comedy world. You guys have uh, jobs. Yeah. Like, and yeah. other yeah. skills. Not it's even true. just jobs. And cars. <laughs> and we live indoors. So That's right. We're already. Above ground? Yeah. Damn. I know. Fancy. Yeah, the last time you ate ramen noodles, it was probably for fun and on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) That's the big difference right there. And for you guys, I mean, producing shows like this, in a way, does that conflict with what your own ambitions might have been as people pursuing stand-up as well? Like, did you sort of take your goals as comics and go, okay, well, we kind of have to put that on the back burner a bit and just focus on making these great shows? Because obviously you're booking comics that you yourselves enjoy watching and and respect, right? Absolutely. We wouldn't book anybody that we don't like (laughs) yeah well i mean that's the first step for sure yeah and how do you do that by the way because we've talked to producers on this show before are you going out you're hitting mics you're watching what's happening out there and just booking people that you become a fan of yourselves well to answer your first question like yeah it can be a huge balance to continue with your own stand-up and run the shows i i just about a month ago somebody said to me you're not doing stand-up anymore right you're only producing now and that just hit me in the gut i was no i did five shows this month which is not a lot i know but on top of our five shows yeah yeah it's quite a a lot of work but yeah we've we've found a balance i think i I think we're getting there yeah yeah and we uh we do go out to shows kathy and i try to um outside of the shows that we're booked on and and we do yeah uh we do try to uh hit at least one show per month that we haven't seen before and we we check it out and I don't know about Kathy, but I'm pretty awkward and shy in real life. So I slip into the back after the show starts and I usually slip out before it, like just at the end. And The Irish exit. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> and and we write down the comics and then look them up and research them to make sure that they haven't said anything. Right. Well, yeah. we do have a strict uh, no punching down. Right. Yeah. So, so. yeah, that's that's kind of first and foremost. But if they make us laugh, good to yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, and there is, of course, that that thing that happens in a city like Toronto, where as soon as you start producing shows that get some traction to them, and oh, there's people are paying to watch these, an audience is coming, then you get bombarded by comics of every walk of life and brand new comics and open micers. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are just getting hit with messages nonstop, and people just book. Can you book me on your show? Can you book me on your show? Can you book right. me on your show? And and we don't mind that at all. We love finding new talent. Yeah. We uh, so we just we just like receiving a video so we can actually review them and and find out where they're performing so maybe see them live as well before yeah. we we book them on a show or sometimes we do takeover shows where mm-hmm. uh, we'll take over hosting somebody else's show for a night and book everybody that has sent us a video but we haven't seen live and ask them to come out and do a set on that show and and we'll book them from there but that's a good way to do it actually mm-hmm. well yeah they can ruin someone else's show <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I'm about to sound a little bit like a you know old man get off my lawn like Grand Torino <laughs> style here but I do feel like those days of you know there's a, a a good solid independent comedy show happening like black sheep those days of you're a newer comic you want stage time on these shows that are mm-hmm. starting to have a good reputation go out and watch the show and meet the producers i think right. that seemed to happen a lot more 
Certainly when I was starting out and Blaine probably the same oh, thing. God. We were around Remember the same time. lottery spots? Yeah. No. Lottery no. spots. <laughs> lottery spots. You would show up at a place, toss right. your name into a bucket for a chance to do a set <laughs> with twenty other sad, hungry eyed animals. Yes. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and the catch twenty two of that was if those shows didn't have a regular built in audience those 20 comics that were coming out to throw in for the lottery, that was your way of like sort of capturing them to have to sit there through most of the show. Yes. (laughs) And then the second half of the show was always the 18 comics that didn't win lottery were just leaving en masse all of a sudden after their glass of water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're back to two people in the room. Oh yeah, let's get into more horror stories of producing your own comedy shows. (laughs) I don't blame you, definitely have a few too. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, I'm John Doerr's sister, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Canada. You are listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, streaming coast to coast on Global News Radio. Uh, We have in studio with us Darcia and Kathy from Black Sheep Comedy. Hi. Welcome back. So this is an independent comedy show that happens here in Toronto. So where and when do you guys put on this show? Well, we put on the show, uh, we actually put on uh, about five or six shows per month at different venues around uh, the GTA. Uh, It started with just one venue about a year ago. Kathy and I, we were drinking wine one night and we were a little (laughs) bit, you know, annoyed about our, you know, both of our independent experiences that night on stage. So we thought, what if we start up our own show? And we didn't know if anybody would come, but... We kind of created this philosophy that it would be an inclusive and diverse lineup and everybody on the lineup would get paid. Uh, and uh, let's see if it, you know, would come about. And we were really surprised. The first show that we did, we had about 70 people show up. Wow, well, yeah. yeah. we were over the moon with that. Yeah, we were <laughs> ecstatic about yeah. 70 people showing up to our show. Um, and then we just, it just sort of went from there. And now breweries are reaching out to ask and, and asking us to do shows uh, at their breweries. It's super exciting. Which is an interesting thing. Like, that's really difficult to come by in a city like this that does have so much going on and so many shows over the years. I mean, Blaine can speak to this, too. We've both run a lot of them ourselves over the years. Shows just live and die and venues come and go. So to actually sit there and go, we're going to produce this thing and have it actually take off like that. For you guys, I mean, what's how much of a struggle is it to produce a show like this and have it actually stand out from the pack? Well, I mean... It's getting easier. Yes, definitely. (laughs) It helps that we have a very uh, uh, a very definitive split of duties. Uh, I'm in marketing by day, so I manage the the marketing part and looking at the demographics of the neighborhoods that we go into and just deciding whether or not it's going to be a viable show. And then at, at the show itself, Kathy's in insurance, which means she yeah, is just settle so, down. I know. <laughs> I know. She is just so detail oriented that basically I just sit back and quietly get tipsy while she does all of the work at the show. She's not quietly tipsy. <laughs> I am not quietly tipsy. Oh, no. you guys are those guys in the crowd. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the key though, right there is because a lot of comics in, in a city like this that has so much of a huge open mic scene and a lot of upcoming comics and, you know, amateur comics and pros that like there's, there's 
so much going on here. But I think so many comics will just go, well, yeah, I'm just going to go to a bar and start a show and people will come and it's going to be the best show ever. Yeah. And there's so much of that and it just sort of lives yeah. and dies. And I think one thing I want to touch on today is how do you sell that to an audience? Because we've all been to so many shows over the years. I mean, Blaine, we've done a lot of these ourselves where, you know, something could be falsely advertised is maybe the right word. You know, mm-hmm. an audience will go out to something that's this is the greatest show a, and they go to some random open mic and maybe they've never been to a stand-up show in this city before and they have a terrible experience <laughs> for whatever reason and that's the, just, that's their perception of stand-up comedy from that point well, forward. Yeah. I think their first mistake is going to an open mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we've been very lucky that we book really quality Comics, and we also choose from a diverse lineup. So um, we're we're giving quality and people who can uh, connect on all kinds of different levels with the audience. Right, like not everybody in your audience is going to be a twenty-something-year-old, you know, single white person. So why should yeah. all of the people on the lineup be exactly. that? Uh, so we make sure that we have a good range, and we put a lot of effort into lineups. Actually, we don't just, you know choose who we think's funny we choose who we think is funny but also who we think can build off each other and we're very careful no matter how funny a comedian is uh if they're if they're kind of a jerk we don't book them on the lineup <laughs> yeah. because yeah. even if they have a like a, a, an amazing night uh they can ruin everybody else's and throw everybody else in the lineup off right? and there's totally an art to that too like to actually you know, sort of procuring a lineup and making sure those people balance well with each other. And I think that's the sign of any good comic as well. I mean, Blaine, you know, you're doing your own thing. You have your own brand, but Yucks is sending you out on the road and you might be doing some small town in Ontario tonight. And you might be doing the club in Toronto tomorrow night. And you have to know how to actually read that room and read that different crowd. And I think that's where a lot of the fat falls off the bone early on for a lot of comics mm-hmm. is just, well, they just have this self hype and then they go in and they can't swim in that at all. Right. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's really easy to make your audience laugh, but yeah, yeah. when you're suddenly in in Sudbury performing <laughs> for eighty minors, you're like, uh oh, <laughs> what do me and some minors have in common? It totally is true. And Not I mean, children, like men that hit, uh, <laughs> hit, 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 hit Not minors. Yeah. yeah, men who hit rocks with sharp hammers. <laughs> It's totally true, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of that. We've, we've talked about that on this show a lot, is, you know, Toronto is a kind of city where you can cultivate your own little audience in one specific venue, and that's great. You can just flourish there and thrive there and kill there, but as soon as you step outside of that world, you have no idea what to expect out there. It's like, but I can do this room this Saturday night once a week, and that's it. But once you go out into the open road or even just leave the comfort of your own venue, you have no idea how to tackle that at all. Right. And I think being able to select comics that work well with each other and give that balance, not for just each other on stage, but for your audience that you're trying to build and grow on, that's a whole art form in and of itself. That's it's a lot trickier than just being I'm a stand up. I'm funny. So therefore, I'm going to produce a show now. Right. You know, that doesn't work a lot of times. So we're going to get into the more of the secrets behind that and find out more about metal comedy. We'll be right back with our panel on more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is a Sunday night here in Toronto, and tonight we are going to find out whether it truly is the age of the independent comic. Are independent producers taking over the scene? Are comedy outcasts blowing open the industry gates? We're going to find out tonight. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. (laughs) 
You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. If you didn't know, now you know. Your eyes can have it all with Hakeem Optical. I always try and I always want to sing the jingle, but then I hope secretly that our panel will jump in and sing it with me, but maybe we'll get that going during the show. Most people do. We have actually three first-time guests on the show this week. Yeah. Yeah. We can pretend. Live studio audience here at Inside Jokes, we have Blaine Smith Howdy. of Metal Comedy, and we're going to get into what exactly this whole project is about, what this show is all about, yeah. and we have the twosome behind Black Sheep of Comedy, Darcia and Kathy joining us in studio. Welcome. Welcome to the Thank show. You. Thank you. First time on the show. So we're going to, I want to get into tonight what's happening in the comedy world in Canada. It feels like it is, quote unquote, the age of the independent. It feels like independent producers have finally sort of kicked the door open and some of the networks are paying attention, festivals are paying attention, but it seems like a lot more people are getting digital shows going, tours, independent showcases, galas, festivals, all this stuff that we're just sort of launching ourselves. There's a, In a way, there's less gatekeepers now, right now, it feels like. And it feels like the networks are starting to pay attention and the large festivals are starting to pay attention. So, uh, Blaine, we're going to kick it to you first. What exactly, and I mean, I've known you for a long time, I've known your stand-up for a long time. What is metal comedy all about? Because it feels like this is a way for you to sort of finally fuse together your loves in life into one sort of passion project. What's this thing all about? Well, uh, I've I've been I've been kind of fortunate in the uh, in the in the sense that uh, metal is a uh, is a <laughs> space that's uh, weird. But here's the thing about metalheads: metalheads frequently love to uh, just throw money at things that they like. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Metal fans are the ones going out and buying you know weird variant records and twelve T-shirts for their scene, for their favorite band and you know following bands on tour these massive festivals. So uh, they're a really great uh, audience because most metal fans you know love comedy i mean you can't be talking about all this uh satan and devils and demons without a <laughs> not a, all the time a bit of sense of humor you know when yeah. it's uh you know when you're when half your bands uh, are, are named after lord of the rings characters you've got to have a bit of joking around about it so there was a, a there's a really great space there with a lot of people that just like to kind of joke around about anything and everything um that want stuff for them but for some reason, there's this weird disconnect between uh, the fact that there's all these metal fans. You know, when you look at um, uh, uh, Spotify, there was an article that came out recently that metal fans are the most loyal fans. They're there is the, a huge fan culture there, yeah. They're yeah. the ones not jumping around, not going. If they find something they like, they stick to it. They listen to it over and over again for years and years. But then everybody's scared of all this metal stuff, so no one wants to invest in it. So, uh, you know, I've been personally lucky where I've kind of created this brand that then I started working with this company, Banger Films, local, you know, Canadian yeah. uh, uh, producers that create great um, music content, uh, music documentaries that you've seen over the years. You know, the tragically hit last time running anything from that to Iron Maiden to, you know, global metal, um, that kind of stuff. So yeah. I started working with them and we've gotten to do a bunch of projects where just bringing humor into metal and, you know, we, we've we've gotten a lot of support from fans. We have a Patreon campaign that where we get a lot of most of our money for all our, our YouTube content and stuff. We can kind of go, all right, people don't want to sponsor this. Brands feel weird having a having a, a Pampers ad before uh, before a uh, a metal album with someone yeah. eating a child on the cover. Cool. We'll just go directly to the people buying those albums. And they want to see stuff. They want stuff made for them. So, yeah, they've just been like, yeah, we want it. You're bringing it out. You're doing it in a unique way. We're going to support it. And I think there is this weird, like, symbiotic relationship between fandom and comedy. I mean, it's in the last few years, we've seen 
so much of this relationship happened between wrestling yeah. and stand-up. So you're seeing all these tours where wrestlers that we grew up watching on WWF in the 80s and 90s, now they're doing these tours where they're hitting comedy clubs and just doing stories from the road. Uh, mostly because, you know, a life in stand-up is not that unsimilar to <laughs> <laughs> a life in wrestling. It's like, well, yeah, you get chewed up and spit out and then you end up in some Legion Hall in Ohio. Yeah, at the end the of the day. If you're alive, you've won. That's pretty much how it is. Uh, we're gonna, I want to get into what exactly, what, what this show is and what, what the content of this is. I know for you, I mean, you have a certain persona as a yeah. person and on stage. And I mean, that obviously feeds into your standup. You, you do a lot of stuff about like, I'm this, I look like this and here. So it seems like this has brought those worlds together for you. Uh, and I also want to jump in. We'll come back from the break and find out what black sheep comedy is all about and how you guys created this independent show. That sort of how you made that separate from the pack in a city like Toronto that has so much going on ranging in quality <laughs> but there's a lot of shows in this city and how you decide to produce an independent show and just make that its own unique thing and and hopefully make that stand out to an audience that we're always struggling to find and build uh, so we're going to come back with more inside jokes with our panel right here on global news radio 640 toronto